what that means, everybody. It's been a big week and a lot of big news happening here in the world of wrestling. And for those of you listening or watching on YouTube, you can already know what this conversation is about. Uh, we're talking Dean Ambrose and the big news that has hit and yet another kind of big name in wrestling that has big news following them. And that's what we're discussing today. Bubs, it's great to see you. First off, you didn't you didn't say hi to me, but you look. Ah, uh, um, you're right. And, and you know the thing is, people complain about. I've heard a couple complaints about how we address each other, Bubs. And you know we're gonna get to that. We're gonna have a a, a full episode dedicated to the history of collar and elbow wrestling. Oh, that's worth the term Bubs. Why we call each other that? Because mm. that's a hell of a story. That's got um, it spans multiple continents. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. Good times. But yeah, it, you know, it is good to see you, Chris, Christopher. Bubs, we're doing uh, Chrissy Boy. We're doing another we're getting consistent here. This this once a week product we're starting to put out. We're, Terrible. We're looking to maintain it's that. It's not it's not who we are though. So it's, that's kind of it's bugging me. Usually we come on here and we say, Hey, we're back from our unplanned <laughs> hiatus and uh, you know so much shit it's been happened. a month. But yeah, Bubs, big stuff. We're back to do it again, and it's going to be an interesting topic. This is one of those topics that a lot of people like to listen to, so it's it's a, one of the reasons why we're doing it, because there is such a huge following for it. So it's going to be interesting to see really what, the kind of feedback that we get, because we don't have the consensus opinion on Dean Ambrose, the two, mm-hmm. of, the two of us. But uh, we're kind of, like you said, you've been calling this a bit of a retrospect type thing, right? We're going to yes. go back a little bit. It's something bit. I enjoy doing. I, yeah. I like to, to, to pick pick a figure, whether they're you know a, a historic figure, a well-known figure, or just someone in wrestling, period. And, God, I would love to have a retrospect on that guy. Show him to the... Oh, God. I, I remember watching him when I was a young man. Man. You get back up there. You sit right here and watch us. He's so good. And he, he fits into this Dean Ambrose discussion. He, he'll be in here. We'll bring him up for, for a little bit. But, yeah, just, just picking picking something and just going to town on that one singular topic because there's so many things in wrestling. We can sit there and talk hours for – we can talk about James Ellsworth for an hour, Bubs, and why not talk about someone that is making huge headlines right now and someone that has a pretty big wrestling fan following. And it's a following that, and we'll, we'll get into this in some more detail, it's a following that usually you and I can understand the basis of why a person's popular or hated, right? Yes. I, I struggle I'm not, consistently. I, I, don't, I don't understand this one. No, and I haven't tried understood it. For, for the last close to a decade, Bubs, I've been trying to convince myself that I it's like I, I I should like him. So I'm going I'm going to going to like him. I'm going to like him. Here we go. Okay, I, it hasn't happened yet. I I'm, I'm struggling year in and year out, week in and week week out. Can't get behind this guy, but he's he's done quite a bit. He's very accomplished. You love talking about resumes mm-hmm. and he's got a very impressive resume. Just on paper. Now, okay. he's won He's won quite a bit of titles, but the biggest thing about winning a title is what you do with the title and what happens to the title after you're done with it. Right. Look no further than what The Miz does. The Miz is the the epitome of elevating a title like the Intercontinental Championship. Well, we're going to start getting ourselves wrapped around the axle real quick. Before we start, Bubs... We got a couple things we have to do before we start getting yeah, go into, ahead. into the details, and that is something that we really haven't done enough of on here on the podcast. You're right. And that really is start You're to right. plug a lot of the other podcasts that we support and that are that are out there in the world. And that's something that I wanted to certainly do today, and also talk about, which I'll get into in just a second, is the the wrestling article stuff that we've been getting into with the blogs on our Wrestle Talk 101 blog spot that we started up. We officially put out our first. Our first article that neither you or I wrote, so that's that's good to good to know for now. Boo! No, no, he's part oh, of the crew. Sorry. Okay, but um, I'm sorry. A couple guys that I wanted to throw shout out instinct. to was 
the guy himself that wrote the Ronda Rousey piece was Kevin Carroll. He's part of the the scene now with us at uh, Kevin C Wrestling on Twitter. You'll find him over there. And then over the next week, we're going to get another guy named Jerry Jones who's going to be joining us. Not the owner of the Jerry Cowboys. Jones. Are you kidding not, me? Not that He's... guy. Is he going to fund our uh, wrestling? He promotion? might be funding us, too. Yes. And, and I hope that's his I live real in name, Dallas. too. I want that to be the guy's real name. But uh, at the V Show JT at Twitter as well, he's going to be joining the, the wrestling article scene uh, over the next week. So we'll get, we'll get into that, too. But big shout-out real quick to the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. Bubs, when we thought about names, why didn't we think of the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast? These guys came up you know, a little bit ago, and they already got a better name than us. Because here's the thing, Bubs. We already know we're the best. We don't have to flaunt oh, it like that. Right. We don't have to tell, try to convince people that we're the best. We're already the best. We are the best. Sorry, you know, guys. I, I appreciate their effort and yeah. their moxie. Huh? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, we, we love all of our fellow podcasters, and any kind of support we can throw at them is well worth the time and effort. It is. And, you know, go out there and support. That's one thing you hear me say almost on a weekly, showly, whatever you want to call it, basis. I talk about support, going out and supporting. If you love something, support it. That's how it grows. That's how it becomes a mainstay. So go yes. out and support our fellow podcast brethren. So get out there, find them. They are the best damn wrestling podcast. Uh, on Twitter like at damn underscore podcast and another one that have actually they've been wanting to do a joint show with us for a little bit I've been talking a lot with them on Twitter and that is the two Mark crew bubs they're Marks and they openly admit it so I do like that for a starter so go check Good those for two, them. go check those two it takes a lot of balls uh, to, to admit to, something to admit like it, that right? so hopefully we'll and be look, we're going to get on there we are going to get on there uh, life is life is busy bubs especially when y- you have full time careers on both ends and uh it's hard to find time to to collaborate but that to me collaboration is a very important thing and that's how we help each other grow yeah so we will we will hop on with you guys right so or shout anyone out you, shout out to you guys out there as well as anybody else who's listening now if you're hearing this for the first time or you haven't been following the twitter feed and you're, looking, you're looking to get into the the wrestling article writing we're looking to add a lot of people into that scene as well if you've got a, a bunch of opinions and you want to put them on paper and you can you know identify a really good topic find us we're talking about wrestling we're talking about wrestling fans they are <laughs> there's no shortage of opinions out there i know if you can, the if you can put it. together a coherent sentence and put it in a proper structure send me a dm i run the twitter we we will talk I will send you an example of what we're looking for, and we will add you into what we're looking to grow as part of that Wrestle Talk 101 scene for our blog spot. So there's but, our uh, shout-outs for the week, yes. Bubs. Get out there. The best damn wrestling podcast. Be careful, bro, because the, uh, the example that we go off of is me. So you've got a lot to live up to. So be careful. Real low expectations. I'll just exactly. say it that way. Be careful joining us because you might not end up anywhere. But, Bubs, this is going to be an interesting topic we're going to talk about because over the last week, there's been very interesting things that have occurred driven by WWE themselves and their .com, basically, openly admitting that, that Dean Ambrose is not going to re-sign with them. Now, when do they ever do things like that? When do they come out and make a statement, Dean Ambrose is done after WrestleMania? That's, initial, that's basically what they told us. Yes. What did you think about that when you read it? That has never happened before. And when reading this, the one line I looked I looked for to really kind of put it over the top for me and make me go, okay, this is a real thing, is a little line that always reads, we wish him the best in his future endeavors. Future endeavors line. Yes. And I didn't see him get future endeavored. Nope. In that, and WWE is not proactive when it comes to talking about releasing somebody. Yeah. Uh, and how many storylines have we seen in the past of people not resigning and leaving the company? Leaving and the company. Going somewhere else. Or... Especially someone that's supposed to be this kind of unhinged character, uh, this uncontrollable entity. You know, I mean, I 
what do you what do you have to what do you think about this? I, this is the only, this only topic comes up in the real non kayfabe sense when they talk about Brock Lesnar because he's Brock Lesnar. Yes, right. That's the only exception to the rule. Everybody else, the, when they because they openly admitted that Hideo Itami asked for release and that he was getting released. That's happening, right? But he may have to wait to the end of his contract. He, Hideo Itami, Kenta, is not Dean Ambrose in the light of the WWE no. fans. So this stinks like a work. But at the same time, there's a lot of serious intrigue being taken into it because of where Dean has been placed on the card recently. He got the IC title for a very short amount of time, and then he drops it, and now... He was unceremoniously dumped in the Royal Rumble... Yeah, like a lot of things don't seem to be trending upwards for the guy, and according to the majority of wrestling fans, he deserves much more. He deserves top card treatment, and that's the kind of money he certainly would deserve, I think. I think he makes that top five, top eight, ten money in regards oh, he to makes, some of the bigger he names. He makes a lot of money. He's in if the he seven were, figures. Yeah, if he were to resign, I mean, resign a contract, he would make really good money, and I think he deserves right. that kind of money, but... If, if the realness of this is that he thinks that he's not being treated in the universal title or WWE picture scene and he should be up there, then that's a good argument and point that I think we can talk about. Is he supposed to be at the top of the card? If he's on Raw, is he supposed to be going against a Brock Lesnar? If he's on SmackDown, is he supposed to be on the AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan level? You know what I mean? Is he that guy? Right. And well, it's hard that, to talk that... about. It is, and that's something I want to get into a little later on. Sure. First, I want to kind of get into, you know, I like to call this a retrospective. So I want to talk about the entirety of the Dean Ambrose journey, uh, going all the way back to his indie days yeah. as John Moxley. Way back. Uh, way back, when he was just a scrawny little pipsqueak. <laughs> There's some frail-looking human being stuff on there that makes him look like he's from Auschwitz or something, man. And thank God he put some weight on. He bulked up a little bit. And then just the look of you know what happens to you when you mature from when you're 21 to when you're in your mid-30s or early 30s, that does a lot for a person. Trust me, pubs. I'm feeling the effects of the uh, bloating with age kind of <laughs> epidemic that's going on. Hide it with the beard. Yes, exactly. But... The thing is, did you watch any, or have you gone back and watched any of his time uh, in CCW or some of the other indie promotions that he worked extensively with? I I never have never seen anything with him when it was like Heartland, rest. What's it called? Heartland, HWA is what it was. I think it's Heartland Wrestling Association. That's where he first started Something out like that. when he was like eighteen. I haven't seen any of that. I have seen you know several of his combat zone stuff where i think he got the majority of his indie followers that and a little bit of dragon gate of course and when him and uh, sammy callahan were a tag team i've seen some of that him, him he fought jimmy jacobs a lot as well so that he he's done a lot of indie work with a lot of relevant indie names back in the day but the majority of the stuff that i have watched recently from those times was combat zone of course and none of that is just good to watch it's not entertainment neither of us are big fans of ccw no i just can't get into the style of storytelling that occurs with a saw in one hand and (laughs) and a a light bulb in in the other but chainsaw charlie buzz some some people really love it and it really does have a following we can't argue that so that that stuff i have seen extensively and there's a lot of it. He did a lot of work in the indie world. He's a true grunt. If you if you go back and see how long he's been doing this, since he was 18 or 17, like setting up a ring and you know selling popcorn or whatever the hell, yeah. the hell he was doing back in the day, like that's that's a good story, you know, to start out with. And he's closing in on that, you know, 20 year mark almost. It's getting close, uh, yeah. So he's been around for a while. Uh, he. Once he gets noticed by WWE, he signs and goes into the FCW uh, farm system, for lack of a better term. You know, big baseball fan over here, the the farm system. Kenny Sports. Uh, yeah. Um, and even his stuff in FCW, uh, gone back and watched and was not a big fan of that either. I think we need to kind of get the cat out of the bag here. Why, why aren't we fans of his style or anything that he 
does. Is it I, generic and they try to make him anything other than generic? Like He has a very bland and safe wrestling style. Okay, we can talk about the style for, for sure. I was thinking more character-wise. The style well, in the sure. ring is does nothing yeah, for you. Even just, AJ Styles against him is nothing for the crowd to like. Mostly for me, it's his in-ring style that just draws me away. There's been some things with this character that, that have kind of sucked me in, and I'm you know, hmm. like, okay, I can get behind this guy a little bit, but then I watch his in-ring stuff, and it just completely takes me out of the element. You know, I, yeah. I'm not a fan of the double-arm DDT as a finisher. A la McFoley, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it when McFoley was doing it. I prefer the mandible claw. Yeah. Um, it's just, for me, it all centers around his entering style. Now, is that because of what WWE has him doing? Or is it just because that's just how he operates in the ring? Because we've seen people within WWE have a very exciting in-ring style. Even his shield brethren, um, as much crap as talked about Roman Reigns, he can he can put on a, an exciting match. Yeah, There's been matches where I've been sucked in by Roman Reigns, right. and then Seth Rollins is just the man. Sure. You know, so, sorry, he Becky, is, no, gimmick infringement not. there, but... Copywritten. Yeah, but, but Seth Rollins is just head and shoulders the best to come out of the shield. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that shield thing in, a, in just a second because that's really what happens next because FCW is pretty much FCW or anything relevant for, for a lot of actually performers as well until NXT yeah. kicks off. But it's a combination of the character and the, and the in-ring stuff that I just I just never get behind, right? And, and I really do blame WWE product a little bit okay. for this. But even if you watch older FCW stuff, even if you watch anything from Dragon Gate, if you watch anything from Combat Zone, there's nothing about his in-ring style that makes you go, huh, that was kind of nice, or dang, that was an interesting moveset, or that was different. Like, he does the rebound off the rope lariat type of thing, right? Which, which, is, almost, which is fun it's for a little bit. Yeah, and it gets, it gets but you But every there, but match just exactly. kind of loses it's, its luster. It's overused for the most part, and and again, I go back to the point of Combat Zone. You don't have to have a great in-ring style to work that wrestling promotion whatsoever because in-ring style and ring psychology are not the premise of what they're trying to do. So I mean, that's the reason it doesn't have our interest. But now that he's it's ECW here, light. it seems like he's never really had the opportunity to develop anything outside of generic plus one. And... He's not athletic enough to be going to the top, right? He's not going to kip up and give us something exciting and anything like that. So, but and and that's the thing. Someone like him, you know, I of course you've seen the. There's so many people that he's been compared to uh, throughout the years. Let's talk um, about it. Let's go. Down okay. That road. Let's do okay. that right now. Well, there's two people mostly that he's been compared to mm-hmm. in history. Uh, I some someone that absolutely he should not ever be compared with, but he was given those comparisons was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, I want to skip over that one because that one okay. had a little mean but, to me. Let's talk about number two. Okay, and then the most prominent one I think that he gets the most comparison to, which I also don't buy into, is his comparison to the loose cannon version of Brian Pillman. Right, and. Yeah. Is it is it almost disrespectful in a way to compare him to Brian at that time the 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 like you said the loose cannon version of yeah. what he was because let's let's look at the era let's look at ninety six ninety seven right WWF yes. and two thousand sixteen seventeen eighteen version well, of even e. Dean Ambrose right okay well Why no not even not even ninety six ninety seven WWF F, you you go back a little further to, to 94, 95 when he was okay. in WCW and was developing the loose cannon persona when he was doing just a lot of crazy antics in the ring, um, on the mic when he called Kevin Sullivan mid-match Booker Man. Uh, yeah. Like it's an yes, Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then he goes to ECW and tries to take his dick out and piss in the middle of the ring. 
Um, he has a, a wrestling match in a mansion with a pencil. Yeah. Uh, a lot of underrated like, stuff you're bringing up right now. I love Brian, <laughs> Brian, love Brian Pillman. Pillman. I love him so much. I've watched this documentary multiple times. Yeah. Um, he was he was great, and the thing that sucks about him is that his career was cut short due to to injuries, you know, the motorcycle accident, and then uh, just well, injuries yeah. stemming from that. But you want to talk about one of the biggest moments in the Attitude Era? You brought up, you know, the the kind of start of the Attitude Era. Yeah, exactly. You can point those guns at me. Point the gun. Yes, he pulled out a gun on Stone Cold Steve Austin on live television. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that didn't go over well with the network, but that was a seminal moment in, one, the start of the Attitude Era, and two, the ascension of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's a glossed-over piece of the early pre-Attitude Era stuff when you're talking about that occurring because we gloss over it because Pillman for some reason in a lot of people's eyes wasn't a huge name but he should have been oh yes but the the effects that that guy on that sword all day yeah the effects that that moment had on the viewers because i mean if you were a fan of pillman you loved it right or even even if you remember that moment i remember as a kid seeing that moment and just being blown away like this that that, that's what it did even if even if you weren't into either character austin or pillman at the time you're like no way! Where is this going? What is this real? What is that's always, That's the question we always. He pulled had. a gun out on him. Yeah, because we didn't know about K. Fabe in ninety six, ninety seven. So we're like, oh my she's god, a, he's she's a kill dirty him. bitch. That K. Yeah, and and I I need to say this. This this is the reason that I think a lot of people misconstrue the comparison is because the WWE forced the the nickname of the Lunatic Fringe onto Dean Ambrose, right? Okay. So is he really a Lunatic Fringe? Can he really? pull that off or is it something that he's simply been forced to do because he acts a little bit different than people Michael Cole one time says you're the lunatic fringe now even though he even though he called Brock Lesnar that way back in 2004 I think but <laughs> it's a forced theme and Brock think, is a lunatic yeah he can probably pull it off better but it's yeah. a forced theme on Dean Ambrose that makes wrestling fans bring up the comparison because they think Dean is supposed to be able to do these things naturally when Pillman was whether drug induced or not, he was pulling off these things left and right with the natural charisma and ability ability to do it without having a character development team behind him saying, "We want you to do this. We want you to right. do this." Right. And and that character wasn't given to him. He created the loose cannon character through years of frustration and just wanting to do something different than just being flying Brian Pillman. You know, the smiley goody two shoes babyface. Um, and the thing, and you bring up a great point. It is something, or is this something that was just kind of thrust on him by WWE? And he was told, "Hey, go make this work." Yeah. And either one, he couldn't do it, or two, you know, the material he was given was garbage. And we can de- that's something that could be debated for for years is whether the man himself was not that good. Or the material was so bad that it brought him down that much. But it's hard to kind of have a character like that in this day and age where, one, yes, kayfabe is dead. So you can't just have someone kind of be an off-the-cuff, you know, do things that aren't scripted because people will go, oh, that was scripted. So I, I don't believe this. And, like, it's a lose-lose situation. You have him do something. Like, right now. Right now we're talking. He, this news came out that he's leaving WWE after WrestleMania. What are we doing? We're sitting here talking about, is this a work? Absolutely. Is this, is this a shoot? Is this really happening? And we're so jaded to the business that we could have something potentially exciting here. Storyline-wise. Yeah. But all we're doing is debating whether, oh, this is a work, he's definitely staying, or, oh, man, he's going to AEW, and they're they're about to be huge because they're getting a main event-level talent. It's like, okay, let's let this play out. Why does everything have to be – let there be a gray area. You know, if if this is a work, then, you know, why can't we just believe that he's really leaving, and so that way if it is a work – it's like wow, they they got us. 
Yeah. I can't believe we, this was exciting television. We can't live in the unknown anymore, though. We're in an era where everyone's like, no, no and I hate that. I, I want to know. I want to figure this out. Is it like, I hope somebody releases some dirt sheet stuff where we can find out if this is real from the backstage or not. Like, let's, yeah, I found let's, a leaked phone call from him and Renee talking <laughs> about It's like, dude, just let Jesus. it unfold on TV. TMZ doing their best work out there. Just let it unfold on TV. Some of the best storylines of all time were slow burn, kind of patient, patiently wait for the punchline. You know, just let it happen. Let it ride out. And if this is truly a shoot, then okay, best and best of luck in your future endeavors. Yeah. And if it's a work, then you know, by God, let it be a work, and let's see what WWE goes with this. And we'll kind of we're going to cap this portion of it as well because we're going to end talking about whether or not we think this is you know real or not as well. But let's let's get into a little bit of Florida Championship time with him real quick, Bubs, okay. and how how the NXT time started because he was in Florida Championship with guys like I mean Damian Sandow was still there, right? Yes. Um, Roman Reigns uh, was Fandango was, was, was there. Fandango, uh, we got all that those group of guys, right? William William Regal was still working matches back in those days too. Wow. Rose, Adam Rose was Adam there. Rose, the Rosebud was there chilling, right? So that's that's the era that we're really talking. Which for me, there not a lot of Florida Championship stuff. I go one of the watch. worst eras in developmental. It still wasn't good developmental TV, at least. Like I'm not, yeah. I maybe I'd go to the shows, right? But it's not something on the network I go and I go and find. But the three of them, when we're talking about the Shield, they kind of work their way independently through all this stuff, right? Yes, and then they slowly creep up the levels through NXT. Seth Rollins, of course, does great stuff at the top. He becomes of the first ever NXT yeah. heavyweight champion. And he does a lot of good things up there. And, and Roman or Liaki, depending on the time that we're talking about, does his stuff. And then outside of that, there's not a lot of historical relevance between the three of them. Rollins has his own piece to that, certainly. Right. But Roman does not, and Dean no. doesn't either. Because the, really the only important stuff is really when they come and debut, right? Which was at a Survivor Series. I yes. Think. Uh, in between the match of CM Punk and Ryback. And Ryback, it was Ryback that took the first triple powerbomb. So I would assume yes. it was the Punk match, right? So that that's how they debut. And that's really where we get the eyes on mainstream look, main card look at the three members of the Shield and the third person of the Shield, as I call him. And you have a better term, I think, about... <laughs> Um, him with yes, the shield. Earlier, right? earlier I called him the third wheel of the shield because clearly Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are your two ascended superstars. And then there's Dean Ambrose that's just riding on the coattails of his two buddies that does – I mean that's one of the things. Does Dean Ambrose ever win a championship if he's not a part of the shield? And that's such a great question because I really attribute 90% of Dean Ambrose's main card success – to having a shield T-shirt in his closet, because <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that his having the vest hanging up next to yeah the vest is chilling. He carry, he carries it everywhere to every show. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe that him alone, going through NXT and the Seth Rollins kind of train that he went up and then debuting as a single star on the main card would have done anything relevant beyond mid card Ryback level type of things and I don't know where you sit on that but I think the shield is the reason why all three of them are of course as popular as they are but right and, and the same thing could be said for you know all three of them you know how far do they go without the shield ever happening but yeah. let's go let's talk a little bit about the shield this is a retrospective and right yeah. now we're just shitting all over him well, let's talk about <laughs> some of the greatness that was the shield and Dean Ambrose was definitely a part of what made the shield great he was, I mean, his promos made him the the loose cannon they, of the yeah. group, but nothing he ever did physically made him any different than the other two. Yeah, the words didn't always match the the output that was seen when, in regards to those early promos, and early on when they came in, they were just three thugs that kind of did what they wanted, right? Which was right. good to see. The Hounds of Justice. We hadn't seen a stable, for, I mean, for lack of a better word, I guess, three counts as a stable, right? So we hadn't seen something like that doing anything like what they had done. I mean, except time. for 3MB, but, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. a that's a Mount Rushmore kind of... Oh, uh, we should uh, we'll talk. Have that talk. 
later down the road. Mount but Rushmore worst stables of all time. <laughs> what they, what we end up getting is three guys that go around triple power bombing people, dominating people early on. They mm-hmm. do they do WrestleMania later on that time. We're gonna we have actually the most important singles run of his career is when he held that U.S. title for well over a year. Yeah, but he that oh, don't okay. I don't want to get started on talking about his singles championships just yet. That's a okay. rant for a little later on in the show. Sorry. Sorry. But yes, he did hold on to the U.S. title for a very long time. Didn't defend it ever, but he did hold on to it for a while. But the Shield itself was such a great story. From start to finish, the Shield was told in almost a perfect way. Very well well done. Their feuds with the Wyatt family were phenomenal. Their feud with Team Hell No was great. Uh, Their feud with Evolution was revolutionary. Okay. Um, They had some really amazing moments, and Dean Ambrose was a major part of that. Um, But the thing is, I remember when I first was told about the Shield. uh, The guy that, you know, we got bubs from, and we'll get into that story another day. Um, He told me there's this new stable that's in WWE and you know they're definitely the future of the company but there's two guys for sure that they're grooming for the main event and he was like you can tell right away when you see them so of course I, I, I see the shield and I go I definitely see what he's talking about you see the two guys with the long hair in my oh, yeah. yeah in my opinion when he goes who do you think is going to be the biggest star my my first guess was Seth Rollins. I was like, he's supremely athletic. Like, this day and age, he's perfect. And then there's Roman Reigns. He's big, gorgeous. Godly athletic. For God, yeah. Godlike athleticism. Samoan. Yeah, he, yeah, he, go. he ticks all the Vince boxes. Samoan, yes. And then there's there's the third wheel. There's, there's Dean Ambrose. There's this guy from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. And all all the power to him he's he's put in the work he's just i oh, i just feel like he was always a step behind the other two and, and you saw that he was the last one to win a championship yeah you know he he was always a step behind was his, that champion well we'll talk about the championships later i got a question yeah, yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that but uh we talk a lot about putting people over, right? That's an important thing that happens in wrestling. It's very important to, to careers and things like yes. that. So WrestleMania 30, they get the New Age Outlaws. Now, at this point in the, in the Outlaws career, it may not mean a whole lot, right? But they still garner a lot of respect. They're in the conversation of being the best tag they were, team. They were tag team champs yeah, uh, around that time. Yeah, and, and at that time too, right? So yeah. did, it, did it mean anything? Because we've never talked about this in general. Did it mean anything that the Outlaws let them go over at a WrestleMania with Kane, yeah, Kane was on that team. I think it was three on three. So, did that mean anything for them to to go over I, a tag team like that? Anytime you can go over on a legend, regardless uh, of age or right, it, it's a big deal because honestly, the way WWE books a lot of legends is they they usually are the ones that go over on the younger talent. Yeah. Um. So anytime you can get a win like that is huge. And can really help establish momentum and credibility. So I think that was, you know, even though the Outlaws were well past their prime, right? It was still a big deal to get a win like that. And and the Shield, no one beat the Shield in their run. I think Team Hell No was the first ones to beat the Shield. Daniel Bryan was the first person to, and the, and then that that goes into the whole. Oh, they bury Daniel Bryan all the time. Daniel Bryan's done way more in his career than a lot, so I, I'm tired of hearing that kind of argument, but we've talked about that before. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the Shield were Cause the they, dominant force. They never lost. They, were, they, they even beat the version 2.0 of Evolution later in their careers because Evolution came yes. back a little bit when Batista 
came when they were all main eventers yeah batista orton and triple h later after that wrestlemania i forget the pay-per-view one of them was at at extreme rules but i forget the other pay-per-view that they did with the three of them but that's some significant stuff and you talk about grooming people right like when you start going over multiple legends when you start beating triple h or a team that triple h is on you know you're you're clearly setting them up for the future so calling the three of them the future just by the, the way that they're being booked and getting wins and holding titles the booking of the shield early on was amazing right and it was one of those groups that as soon as they broke off and started to you knew that as soon as they broke off and, and went on to singles careers that all three of them were going to be very successful yeah the amount of success could be debatable but they were, all three were going to be successful in their own right Instant main eventers. Yeah. And it was after, it may not have been directly after that evolution, you know, feud or match, but that's when we get the, the breakup, basically. Yeah, the, like, the that's Seth Rollins heel turn is. Rollins does his thing in 2014, which leads to amazing stuff for him. Yes, right? 2015 was that's the year of one Seth. One of the better years of any individual run to ever happen. But. Ambrose finds himself. Man, there was a lot of Kane back then. It just stuck in my head for some reason. I'm, I'm envisioning him versus Ambrose because I know that they they fought each other. But well, Rollins, it's also because Kane was Rollins's like lackey, for lack of a better for, term. Yeah, for a while. So he was always corporate Kane doing corporate type things, and the Big Show was doing stuff as well. But there was a there's a lot of Ambrose sticking around in that Rollins feud for a while that started off the initial part of that uh, Seth Rollins 2015 run and then a lot of that a lot of that from then until his championship run is a lot of mist for me it's all forgotten of course he had money in the bank yes. right because i that's well that's how he thing. won the title that's how he gets the title which is cool but there's a lot of just blank space i don't remember anything relevant i don't remember any of that until you brought up the video earlier that we watched of him cashing in which is a great moment because all three members of the shield were champion in one night that's a cool thing but before that what the fuck happened where was he what was he doing i don't even remember and i oh, don't think was, a lot of fans truly remember he was either. busy you know living in the asylum with mitch the plant and uh, having is that what was occurring at that that, point? that happened before? Was yep, it? that that happened in the in between. Okay, well then that's well, of course that I remember. So we can run down that road real quick. That that was a terrible feud. Well, the you mentioned it earlier. You have Jericho the, in the feud, and you have Chris Jericho in the feud, and it bombs big time. It leads to one of the worst matches. No, of, the asylum match, big match. Horrible match. Horrible, though. One of the worst. It was, was bad. Some, I wonder what the true expectations were. When you call something an asylum match with a lunatic fringe in it on PG-13 so, TV. Yeah, who whose idea was it? It's like, hey, we've got this great idea, okay? We got this guy. We It's so good. We got this guy that we call the lunatic fringe, right? Okay. And he's going to wrestle... He, yeah, he's he's insane. He he's loony. He's crazy. You can't control him. Damn. And he's going to go up against Chris Jericho. That the that goat? sounds great, right? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to call this the asylum match because he's a lunatic, right? Oh. So he, he's okay. Hear me out. Hear me okay. out. Yeah. Run, okay. run it out for me. So yeah. uh, this asylum match idea that I have, um, it's going to be in a in a steel cage. Okay, but it's not not a typical steel cage match. Hear me out. I'm not done. Okay, you're right. There's going to be items strewn about on chains. Uh, can one of them be a plant? What if we make it Mitch the plant? Oh my God, we've connected storylines. Okay, done. Book it. Uh, Pay per view. We're having Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose asylum match. And that's literally how the conversation in the back had to have gone because. Where do you think that... And they're not going to use any of the items, by the way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's just a match. Where, where do you get off in this era of time and the TV product that you put out there that you can genuinely put off a uh, an asylum match? What yeah. is an asylum match? Like, you say it as if we know what that's it's, supposed to... Exactly. It's like, well, it's going to be how crazy. How do you pull off You're an asylum match? It's like, is that, have, should I go back to the archives and watch right. old asylum matches? Can I find the baseline of what that means? No, yeah. there isn't one. We're going to create it. Luckily, what they've done, though, 
is they have created a very low baseline of what an asylum it's the is supposed of to be. Doom when you need it. So oh, that would fix it. Kevin Sullivan coming in. Yeah, the Booker. <laughs> That's two Kevin Sullivan references on the show. I know. That's Love you, Kevin. Of that. Love you, Big Kev. But yeah, what what the hell else happens, right? So right. He, ca- he cashes in, which is a hell of a moment. You heard the crowd pop yourself. I so popped. Act like it's not popular. And it I was too, pretty upset that Seth Rollins lost a title I just like that. That was his last time winning a title, hopefully until WrestleMania. But it was a big moment. Um, but what happened after... I need you to say it with a little more confidence. Okay, you're right. Okay, because then we had the draft. We did. We're going to split brands. Yes. And, you know, first pick, of course, goes to Raw, so they're going to pick, you know, the WWE champion, right? Sure. Okay. No. Oh, we're not going to pick him. Okay, we'll pick him second. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They picked Brock Lesnar. You know, so SmackDown, you know, they get Dean Ambrose, of course, right? Yeah, they pick him first, right? Have the title. Right? right? Oh, no, I'm asking it in the form of a question now. Damn it. That didn't happen, did it, That's not good at all. Well, because there's someone better than him. That's why. (laughs) There's a guy called AJ Styles. You got him. So, all right, so SmackDown, give me AJ Styles. And, And then... Raw's like I'll take like Finn Balor or something. Why? <laughs> you want to, you don't want to tell you don't want the title? No, because we're gonna get this badass Universal Championship. Oh, that's right, because that's happening. Yes. So anyway, Dean Ambrose ends up on SmackDown he as does. the, and so you do get you we get the Shield Triple Threat match. So, Dean Ambrose representing SmackDown versus Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns who are on Raw. So Raw could still end up with the WWE Championship. Okay. But Dean Ambrose does end up winning this match, which is probably the biggest match, the biggest win of his career. Period. Okay. I th- I say I say that that win there was the biggest win of his entire did, career. Did he pin Rollins clean? I don't I don't remember the ending. He I, I do Think he Roman hit. wouldn't have taken the pin, so uh, I don't know. At that point, Roman was taking pins left and right because of the whole. Was he recovering uh, from inch- steroids then? Yes, he was coming off wow. the suspension. He was eating pins like a motherfucker. Yes, he ate the fin pin. Yeah, he did. Oh, we'll have to look into that one. There Pretty sure he okay. took the Dean pin too. Okay, but so you're calling that the most important one because obviously him winning the title from the cash in isn't a match, right? It's no. a dirty deeds. But so, you know, <laughs> I see what you did there. I like that real quick. Yes. Huh? Um, no, he won the Shield Triple Threat match, the Triple Threat match that everyone had wanted for the at last Mania. years at Mania. Yeah. But we got it at Battleground in like July big, of big match 2016. Big match. Um, but we got the match and he won it, fair and square yeah. in the middle of the ring. So that's why I think that's the biggest win. I mean, tell me another. Tell me another match that's the, that's bigger. I'm trying to think of his other. The Shield Triple. <laughs> yeah, good luck trying to like I think know. of big wins in Dean's you, career. You brought it up, and I'm even thinking of like, what did he do at SummerSlams? What did he do at not much at WrestleManias? He lo- he loses to definitely Black not much at WrestleMania. Yeah. Baron Corbin in the IC title match on the pre-show at WrestleMania 32. Yeah. Or three? So, I don't yeah, three. He got Brock at 32. Ugh. So I don't know anything. So you're probably right. I don't remember the match whatsoever. And that's probably because I, I too... I don't remember the match me. either, but we watched it. I know we, we watched we, it because... We watched it because we, the triple threat is what would have excited us because we wanted yes. it on a bigger stage. I remember talking about that. That was in Virginia, and we were Skyping through the thing. But... Yeah, outside of that, I mean, we'll call it his biggest win, Bubs. But then, I mean, it's time to start going down the AJ Styles route, and then the James Ellsworth segment, which takes up a big part of Dean Ambrose's life. 
yes. on SmackDown, early SmackDown post draft time frame. A lot of a lot of Ellsworth. It's him chasing the title with James Ellsworth. Yeah. As his foil. I mean, to be fair, AJ Styles was taking losses to James Ellsworth on SmackDown. Give, give it Thanks. up for Styles. He can do whatever in the world. Yeah, that didn't hurt off, him right? at no. all. No. But face face Dean Ambrose versus heel Dean Ambrose. This is where I wanted to bring this conversation up. Was at this point in time, James Ellsworth, pretty popular guy, right? He's getting, Somehow, some way, and God, attention. Speed to you, Mr. Ellsworth. I yeah. applaud you so much. I will so, never say a disparaging thing about any you. Man with one hand, one good, one good, one good arm, one good chance. Yeah. yeah. So this is when we get pure face Dean Ambrose. And this is not lunatic fringe, really. It's, this just, is, it's just goofy. It's what, it, it's what is it? What was his character? It's goofiness. It's goofy it's, Dean it's, Ambrose oh, is what I called him. The crowd. I'm, hey, you know, I'm over here, cheap pops. I'm, I'm, I'm nutty. I'm yep. Dean Ambrose. I'm goofy. When he has a microphone, he says quirky stuff, and he says a quick one-liner, yes. and it's funny. And then, like, what does that translate? Again, you're, again, the connection comes through of he, on the promo on the, with a microphone, he's not bad whatsoever. Then that does not translate into something exciting in the ring. Uh-huh. The only thing that exciting that happened in the ring at that time that people were popping for was James Ellsworth pinning AJ Styles twice, and he beat him twice. It's, it's such a unique thing that they did that it really didn't serve Ambrose well by putting basically Ellsworth over the entire time and it didn't lead to anything and you and I have we've adamantly called that WWF title reign pre this of course the title reign by Ambrose the worst WWE championship reign maybe of all time one of yes because what did it do for the title the answer is nothing because even Jinder Mahal's title reign at least led to AJ Styles winning in England which was which was bigger than AJ Styles beating Dean Ambrose. AJ Styles beating Dean Ambrose was a okay. Oh, all right, back. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on from the Dean experiment. Genders was far more intriguing because one, you sure as hell didn't expect him to be champion for as long as he was, and the <laughs> no. Hill character, the Hill character was very nice. People were just hating on him because he wasn't top card. And we we wanted Gender to lose. Not because he was the worst thing going. Uh, you know, because you, you genuinely didn't really like the guy. Yeah. And you wanted AJ Styles to win. Yeah. We wanted AJ Styles to beat Dean. An- AJ Styles was heel AJ at this time. Mm-hmm. He was on a lengthy heel run. And we just wanted AJ to win just so we can be done with Dean Ambrose's champion because nothing was elevated. And that's the recurring theme with Dean Ambrose is that when he's the champion, whatever championship he holds, it seems like the credibility of that title, the luster of that title, diminishes in a almost a catastrophic way. He, the same exact thing happened with the IC title until, thankfully, The Miz won the IC title and turned that into the hottest championship in almost all of wrestling. And after this whole Ellsworth thing goes away, we, we, I think, thankfully get a break from Dean in that scene for a little while because this is when the IC title starts doing a lot of movement between The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, and uh, Dean Ambrose. Right. right? It, it goes back and forth between the three. Uh, Ambrose holds it throughout the end of the year of now, now, before we, we go any further, I want to go back to Ellsworth. Um, name me... One other person, other than Daniel Bryan, that has beaten AJ Styles more than once in a WWE ring. Oh, wow. John Cena didn't do it. Cena did it once. Yep, and that was at the Royal Rumble after AJ's already beaten him two or three times. Uh, I don't think there is an answer that I can pull out right away for you. Because I'm thinking of all of his feuds, and he wins the majority of his feuds, considering how long he's held the, he held the title for. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Man, how great is Ellsworth? 
Well, he's not doing so great right now with his, you know, his situation. But when he was in this point in time, getting paid the money that he was, getting to do what he loved, we're all jealous. Whatever right. we, whatever we want to say, it's all jealousy, honestly. Right. So good, fair point, Bob's. Okay. Now moving on. Yeah. So towards the end of that year, seventeen, when the IC title does a lot of movement. Great point on the Miz. We talk about it every show, so we're not going to go deep into that really whatsoever. But. Ambrose gets in. It gets involved with long-haired Baron Corbin, right? WrestleMania 33, I think, is really what it is. And outside of him being the IC title, what do you remember about this time about Dean Ambrose? Your answer should be probably a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, not not much at all. Not much at all. Forgetting that he was even on the roster, and then even when he gets hurt, it's it's like a. You forget, you forget that he's there and that he's yeah. even coming. And I don't know if that's that's an issue with WWE because you have someone like when Roman Reigns was uh, was hurt, everything was about when's he returning. You know, yeah. watch the satellite interview with with Roman Reigns when he when he had like uh, emergency stomach surgery. Don't remember what what it was, but Roman Reigns had some kind of emergency surgery, and then we were doing satellite interviews with him in the hospital bed. You know, you, but we didn't get that kind of stuff with Dean Ambrose. No, it was all he's gone away, and once he left for legitimate injury and surgery, we On his we bicep, forget, right? We, That's what. Yeah, I think it was. We forget about him for a little while, and then. There really isn't a whole lot of clamoring at this time, even by the diehard fans of like, oh, I, I'm missing Dean. I'm missing Dean. I, he's the I one need piece Dean on my missing. TV. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of that anymore, which really makes me call into question people's real loyalties to to uh, wrestlers like this. Because once the guy's gone, he's gone. You didn't really see a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Well, there was a big difference when Roman left Raw. Especially for the first three three weeks to to a month. Now now that's kind of tapered off, and you know yeah. we've we've moved on. Not we have moved on, yeah. But yeah, with Dean, it was almost as soon as he left for surgery. It was like, what wasn't Dean Ambrose like part of this roster, or was he not a thing anymore? Like, I think he's on SmackDown. Oh wait, no, maybe he's on Raw. I don't know. Whatever happened to him? Yeah, is he dead? Okay. It's like no. It's like what. It's good to see him alive, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I I am completely completely with you on that one. Excuse me. Um, where's he gone? You know what's? I just don't know. I I there's not much more I can say on on the subject. <laughs> but then he does reappear, right? He's been back now for a little while because we're kind of caught up now. The timeline is gotten rather quickly because there's not a whole lot and of I love when he, things. I love when he got back and everyone talked about how jacked he was. Like he was the second coming of Jinder Mahal. Um, right. You could he tell he put no, work in. He did, but he was no Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. He, that guy he put in. He, he definitely put work in so it was a complete, it was definitely noticeable, which is good to see. That's what you want and guys to be doing thing. on their off time. He came back and you, he's got this kind of new look, you know, the shaved head, the beard going, you know, I I thought I was like, this is a cool look. Like he's got, we've got something here with him, and I don't know if it's just incompetence of WWE, but when that heel turn was, the heel turn was was master, masterfully done. It was on the time. on the night of on the night of the news, we'll yeah. call it the Roman Reigns night, and you have Corey Graves of all people pleading with Dean not tonight. Not this night. And it was instant, like, must-see, like, I have to see what happens now. Like, this was, I thought it was the upward turn that he finally needed to kind of salvage, in my opinion, my kind of ability to like him as a character. But the the entire heel run has been completely flubbed. And it's one of those things like who who's the main culprit here? Is it WWE or is there enough? I mean, is there enough evidence to be like, okay, well, maybe it's not WWE. At what point do we stop blaming WWE and blame the performer? Yeah. What has he given to us to show 
that he has the ability to overcome because there's a there's a lot of people out there that has been able that have been able to overcome the WWE machine. I mean, Seth Rollins still goes out there and he's as big of a star now as he's ever been. And he hasn't always been given the best material, but he goes out there and he makes you believe it. I mean, at, there's got to be at some point where we finally admit that it maybe it's not WWE's fault. Yeah, and he's had ample opportunity in the right places with belts around his waist to show that he deserves to be there consistently and just not clamoring for him. And I don't think people in the back are clamoring for him to be at the top really anymore. At least that's how they've, they've made it seem, right? Because that IC title run that he recently had, Very short. Rel- relatively short-lived. The promos were not great, although the storyline with Rollins was intriguing because the, the brotherhood thing is, is nice to hear sometimes. And then it's over, right? And he enters the Rumble. He gets eliminated by Aleister Black. And then he brings us to, to this Monday night where... It's a weird thing that happens. He loses clean. He oversells the the stomp by Rollins. It's all craziness. He looks like he's going to say a promo in the ring with a chair, and he gets cut off mid-sentence. So people are saying that he was trying to cut a pipe bomb at that point, that they had to hit Nia's music so Nia could come out and remove him, which has storyline potential too, of course. Yeah. And then he's thrown out of the ring, has a face-to-face with, with Triple H prior to that as well with uh, Rollins in the ring. So there's... And then the news surfaces like we kind of started off with about him leaving the company. And, of course, everyone immediately throws out AEW, 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 the great t-shirt company that they are. (laughs) They're out there, you know, recruiting all The second biggest promotion in the entire world right now. All of the world but the number one merch seller. So they're out there doing things. And all that does is when WWE puts out that dot-com blurb about him not re-signing, it just starts storyline talk, like you and I did. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they have our attention. We're going to talk about this now. And that's Does what... Dean Ambrose screw Ro- Rollins, Seth Rollins, at WrestleMania? Right. Leading to Rollins calling out Ambrose. Does Do they celebrate, you know, as a kind of a farewell and then... Ambrose hits him with the dirty deeds. There's so many different ways they can go with this because WWE doesn't just, and we've come full circle, and this is a great way to finish this. You know, just like we talked about at the beginning, is this a work? Is this a shoot? There's so many different ways that this can go, and it's just one of those things we're just going to have to watch and let it play out. And as wrestling fans, just accept what's given to us. Yeah except that this could be something storyline related or it might not be but that's something that we're going to have to see and play out and i for one am hopeful that this of course is a work because the potential of storyline here with i i threw out the triple h idea of course and other people are talking about it too there's a lot of good things that can come from this if they play that angle i don't think that the world outside of wwe suits Dean Ambrose whatsoever. He has proven that his he can't rely on an in-ring performance to get him through. And in AEW, guess what the fuck the majority of their performances are going to be based on? It's not really good in-ring work. Yeah, it's not characters and promos outside of Chris Jericho. It's going to be what can you do in the ring that makes people go holy shit, holy shit. So he's very safe here. So on the real side, I think he does stay here. I hope he remains. He can be mid-card Dean Ambrose all day long, and he's fine on my TV, but don't put him any higher than that. Right. That's why I am okay with this being a work. And I'm okay with it as well, but if it's something that he truly wants to go and make a name for himself outside of WWE, all the power to him, as long as him and his family, him and Renee are happy, I don't care what they do. And as long as it makes financial sense for him and his family, then go and do whatever you like. We just talked about Dean Ambrose for a while. We did. It's something you were hesitant on at first. I did it. And did you, it. you got through it. We did it. But man, there was a lot to digest there. And there's there continues to be a lot to digest in the wrestling world. And that just means we're going to have more and more stuff to talk about as the days and weeks move on. Absolutely. 
Next week's going to be just as good of an episode with just as good of content. And I look forward to that. What I, I also they, I hope that they keep playing this angle up on Raw. I don't want him to be off TV for you know months or weeks at a time until I want him to keep trying to cut a promo. A pi- I want him to keep trying to do a pipe bomb, basically, yes. and keep getting interrupted. And if it's Nia Jax, then run down that road. <laughs> that would be interesting. We'll Nia Jax versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, there's some potential there, Bubs, that I don't hate. So it'll be good stuff. That's a Twitter poll. Watching. That's a Twitter right. poll I would love for you to throw up let's, at C A E Wrestling. You can also find me at Kitty Oak Sports and Chris personally at Chris Be Quick, but we all know who runs the the Twitter at CAE Wrestling. Yeah, boy. That's him anyway. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Collar and Elbow Wrestling. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, look up Six Star Productions and you'll see that lovely logo to the top right of the screen, Collar and Elbow Wrestling, right above Chris. Join with us in this conversation. We love talking. We love hearing different ideas about what's going. What do you think is going on with Dean Ambrose? Who's the next big star? We didn't even get a chance to really talk about Hideo Itami, but who's the next big star that's going to be leaving WWE? There's so many great storylines out there, so so much news. Can't wait to talk more about it. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. I've given you all the ways to do it. Go out and do it. We want to hear from you, and we'll shout you out. You have some good opinions? We'll throw them out there for you on the show. Like we mentioned earlier, go check out our friends in the other podcast. Chris, throw those out one more time. Uh, The Best Damn Wrestling Podcast and the Two Mark Crew. Hit them up. There. Boom. And go check out Wrestle Talk 101. Links will be all over Twitter. You'll find it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us. Be with us on this long, long journey because together it's slow, but it's glorious. And together we're going to make wrestling great again. See ya!